The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald. The San Francisco 49ers came off the off a bye week where a number of injury issues were resolved and key players returned to the squad before the Sunday night football game against the LA Chargers. The first half didn't look too convincing with the 49ers offense struggling to get an offensive game plan going and the defense struggling to contain the Chargers. Second half was a completely different picture with the D holding the Chargers to a scoreless half hour of football and the offense looking like something we'd all hoped we would see leading to a 22-16 win keeping the 49ers in the playoff hunt. Joining me to discuss the game are Deepak Gohill and Graham Ross. Welcome to the show, guys. It's good to be back again. And and me. Good to see you all again. Been a while. It has been it has been a while. It's been too long. But great to have you back on the show, Graham. Um, so give us your thoughts on the on the game as a whole. Thoughts on the game as a whole. I thought I thought we huffed and puffed a little bit. But at the same time, you've got to really look at who, who the Chargers are. And the Chargers are a good team. And they kind of like grind out wins. And that's something that we've failed to do this far this season. So it, for I'm hoping it's a bit of a turning of the corner. And, you know, coming out of the bye, coming out of the getting some of the guys back, just setting ourselves up for the run towards the end of the season and to the, into the playoffs. I mean, you, go, you can only beat the team in front of you. The Chargers had a lot of injuries, had a lot of people missing. Um, but, you know, it was a game It's a game that, put it like this, there's games like that where, where this season where we've lost, where games where we should have won and we didn't, and we've won that one. And I think that, and that's really what I'm somewhat taking away from it. It's just, it, it's a win and we move on. Not pretty, not not spectacular, it's a win. It certainly wasn't pretty, but I'd take an ugly win over a good-looking loss any time, let's face it. Oh, yeah, all day long. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You would, wouldn't you? But I think the one thing that concerned me is with all these offensive weapons and against the weakened Chargers team, who, as Graham pointed out, were not there to mess about. They were there to play, and they played extremely well. Yeah. The first quarter, they just sliced us open at will. But this offense is still not humming there's there were signs of life um and you know for for, for a, a drive or two and then they would just get stuffed again wouldn't they it was uh it there was just no f- relentless you know like you see some of the other teams doing in the league at the moment um there was just none of the relentless put their foot to the throat and yeah and knock them out it was it, it's there was definitely struggles there but my eureka moment in that game was you know, after we dismantled the Rams, and more or less twice, was the Rams must be actually what they really are, is a really terrible football team. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps we're not as great as we think we are just because we beat them. I think they were legitimately a terrible football team when we played them. And I love their regression so much because we've got a shiny stadium and they're going to suffer for seasons now because they've got nothing left. How much of it... Although it, it might be that we weren't as great as we thought we were when we beat them, how much of it is the fact that we were a depleted team at the time that we beat them? 
And we've got players back now, the likes of Debo Samuel. I can't remember who else was actually out injured. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. How much of it is the fact that we're playing without those players who we've now got back? And put it this way, I was I was listening to um, PTI the other day and Tony Kornheiser has the 49ers as the number one team for the NFL within the next three to four weeks. Yeah. Based on the offensive weapons that we've got. But we struggle to get the ball to the weapons some of the time, or, or some of those weapons are snuffed out very, very easily. Yeah, you, do, do you know what I mean? I think the... Um, I wasn't surprised that Ayuk had a had a big game because you probably you looked at well you got you got McCaffrey and you've got Debo to um to 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 um to to count for so therefore you're going to leave somebody you 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 just have to leave somebody open we do have that many weapons yeah. but it, it might not always going to be the stars ever you know like like Debo McCaffrey um that are that are, that are going to get the limelight and every week. You know, we we had we had the CMC coming out party at Levi South, which was fantastic. But you know, we're 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 not going to get that every week. No, we're not. But you know, looking at the games we've played, we have played a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and I don't mean the Rams. I'm talking about the Chiefs, and they um, they annihilated us. And I am quite curious to think if we played them again, perhaps we wouldn't beat them. But I don't think it would quite be the annihilation that we suffered last time. Uh, and I think this is solely down to one factor, and I've sort of said it earlier. You know, despite these weapons, we're still not humming offensively. We still mm. haven't seemed to have found a rhythm yet that everybody's in stride with. And, and again, you know, this is not on Jimmy Garoppolo, because if you look at his numbers, he had another decent game. That's two in a row. You know, he hasn't intercepted the ball. And dare I say it, for the second time as a 49er, he actually successfully extended a play too with that big game. You know, so you can't blame him. But the offense isn't humming. Is it are we too conservative? Are we are we too whatever? There, there's only so many players that can get a touch of the ball. Okay. So not everyone can have the ball all of the time, even though they'd want that. But again, I think I'm I'm just frustrated that we don't know why we cannot steamroller over teams, especially with the defence that we've got. Speaking of Jimmy, uh, he was 19 for 28 attempts, 240 yards, there were zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 94.3 passer rating game. Um, not not the best figures he's had through games this season, but by far not the worst. Something, I can't remember who it was that said it on the group uh, a couple of days ago. Maybe Jimmy's not the problem. Maybe Kyle's the problem. Maybe Kyle is the reason why we are benign on offense, that he just doesn't have the ideas that maybe his dad had, that you know, maybe his father had. Maybe he's not the, the head coach for the 49ers going forwards. Yes, but he's lauded as being an offensive genius. And, um, and he has been extremely bright with some of his offensive schemings and plays. You can RG3. You could well. I don't want to go down there again. I've covered that too many times. But maybe it's execution. Maybe he's got the plays. But maybe he's got the designs. But the execution isn't right. You know, and that's perhaps not on on Kyle Shanahan. But the one thing I took away from it was that Shanahan. For me, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but I still think he's far too conservative as a play caller. 
Well, one thing that I kind of picked up on um, during that game was like when we did start to run the ball, what the Chargers then did do was then bring an extra lineman up. And, that, yeah. and, that, and then that kind of like then stuffed, stuffed, completely stuffed her on. But then there was no recognition of that to get the quick pass out to the side to take care of the space that that extra man up, up in the box has, has created. So it's like, you know, you you should react to what, what what what's placed in front of you. And sometimes I don't see the reaction. I don't see the learning from, you know, this didn't work. Oh, we'll try something different. Well, well, you know, there's been plenty of times where I feel like they've just tried the same thing. This is the game plan. This is what we're sticking to it. It's not working, but it's the game plan, so we're sticking to it. And it's like the definition of madness trying to do the same thing, expecting different result, isn't it? And that, that, that for me is my criticism of Shanahan. I think that's really, really, um, and it's and for me it's also brought out this year, particularly when you look at how well Miami are doing under Mike McDaniel. And I think. You know, there is there's certainly a question in my mind. What was it, Shanahan that got that, or was it McDaniel that was the real brains behind the the the, the myth and the order that is Kyle Shanahan? I don't know. I I, I do think Shani is uh, an X's and O's guy. I think he's a coach. I don't really think he's a a head coach. And I think evidence of that again were needless penalties. I'm not talking about multiple needless penalties, but silly things like letting the clock run out before you get the snap off, you know, stuff like that. You know, you, you, you've got to be better than that. You know, I mean, these are cheap penalties that can hurt you. over a, If you sustain them over a period of the entire game, it will hurt, you know. And I think it's just one of those. He has got the weapons. He is lauded as an offensive genius. So why isn't the offense producing? You know, is it because they can't execute? Is it because the players that we've got actually aren't as good as we think they are? Why? You know, what, what's the holdup now? You know, we've been through so much to assemble this squad. Now we've got it. We don't really know what's happening with it. Yeah, but let's be honest as well. I mean, like right now, this could be the Nate Sudfeld show. The what? The Nate Sudfeld show. <laughs> yeah, it could be. You, you, you know, you, you know and, and that's what everybody was expecting two weeks prior to the season starting. You know, in terms of that, it, 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 he's a, he he would be our backup. So I'm quite grateful that we do have Garoppolo, and you know, they made that deal, and and that's what came out. Because I think if we hadn't made that deal, our season would be another one, another wasted year. Yeah. So we, 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 things, you know, and I think we would be struggling even more. You know, but I think there was a real telling stat um, that that came up at the end of last. Um, the, the last game, like like Grapple's ten and two, when he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, which is I think that's quite a tell that, that it is a it's not a passing offense. It's not down to it's not a quarterback led offense like you, like other teams, but it's a it's a functioning quarterback and and it's a team game and that's what's winning us games. So I think we've got we're we're, we're not we're, we're not. I mean, like, we are, let's let's be honest. We're just fans that are whinging at the moment. I mean, it could be a lot, lot worse, you know. And it, we just know it's just not, it's just not as humming as as uh, as, as Deepak would say, as we would like, and, and running nice and smoothly. But then the other way of looking at it is is a bit more straightforward. If you look at the NFC at the moment, there are two teams. I believe are eight and one. I think that's the Eagles 
and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Now, if we were to play either of those, I think we'd be pretty much favoured in any of those two matchups with the team that we've got right now. I don't think people would say, oh, gosh, they're going to destroy these four and four upstarts or, or whatever it is, these five and four upstarts. I, I think people would legitimately be quite frightened of playing this 49er team. I agree with I agree with that. It wouldn't be... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the Chiefs record was, but you mean like that Chiefs game was just... I mean, like that was a, for that for me was a lesson in coaching. Yeah, yeah, I think the Chiefs have dropped two games in the AFC. Who's the team that's only dropped one? I can't remember. I haven't looked at the standings, but there are multiple teams in the AFC. In the NFC, it's the Giants, the Vikings, and um, Eagles. The NFC least, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's the NFC. It's the NFC least for. But not, but not this season. You know, I mean, like if you look, at, if you look at the playoff picture, you know, it, it, like the, the the wild card teams are either coming from the NFC East or the NFC West. There's no wild card teams coming from the two divisions because they are just pants, right? It's going to be whoever wins them that you're. That's got the other two, the other teams there ain't going to get in the playoffs. So it's, it's so it's between the West and uh, and the East in terms of who's going to produce the wild card teams. And whilst I'm not set, settling for a wild card, you've got to look at the top seven. The, 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 you've got to look at the you getting into the playoffs. That's how you get in there doesn't really matter, but you just need to get in. Yeah. And, I, you know, so that's where the competition is going to come from this year, which is for me is quite, is really, really quite surprising. But I totally agree with you, um, Deepak, that I'm not, I'm scared of the, of the Eagles. I mean, I, I saw the um, the highlights again against the Redskins. Sorry, the Washington team. Can't, I still can't get the right the right blimmin name. Um, the um, you know, on from from Monday night, and they didn't look they didn't look spectacular. You know, Look, looked a good team with an offense that is definitely humming. But you know, I the I wouldn't up against our defense. I, I wouldn't be frightened of them. No, but then by the same. Token, we got that thrown at us in the 2019 2020 season when we were beating everyone. I think we made it up to 9 and 0 unbeaten, and people were saying, Because you haven't played anyone good yet, but you can only play who's in front of you, you know. And mm. uh, I think teams like New York, Philadelphia, those guys, I think the good teams they're going to play won't be in the regular season. I think those will be in the postseason. That's when they'll play the good teams. And that's when the X factor comes in about anybody can beat anybody and all the rest of it, you know? Yeah. It's the playoffs. I think the, I think the thing that we've got to remember is that no, no, off, uh, no opponent has been able to play against this 49ers team. Nobody's been able to play against us when we've got McAfee, when we've got McLeod on the field, when we've got Debo Samuel, George Kip, Ayuk, Mitchell, the whole lot. We've got basically a fully functioning offense. We've not had a fully functioning offense for the first half of the season. We were missing so many players that I think has ma- has had such a major impact on us in the games that we played. Whereas that's now no longer a factor for us. We, we are now fully tooled on the offense. We're pretty much fully tooled on the defense. And I'm, and I agree with you completely. I don't fear anybody in the NFL right now. But that's because nobody in nobody in the NFL in in the previous nine games has played this NFL team, this 49ers team. But I would fear some of the uh, AFC opponents, in particular Kansas City, 
perhaps uh, Buffalo. But even Kansas, Kansas didn't play against us when we had McCaffrey. Kansas no. didn't play against us when we had. They did. Ayuk on the field. That was, yeah, that, that, that was his game where he'd been he'd been with us for two days. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you forty-eight know. hours. But okay, so I hold my hands up on that one. But we didn't have Samuel on the field. We didn't no. have Ike. We didn't have Mitchell on the field. They didn't play against a fully functioning 49ers offense. No, they, I think that would have been a completely different score and a completely different result if they played against us now. And also, going back to that game, Paul, we were well in it for three quarters. It was only in the last quarter we capitulated. And exactly. And we, we seem to have sorted out the, um, our second half woes where we just died completely in second half, in second half, which was running for a long period of time. It's not just been this season. We yeah. did it last season and the season before as well. There's been some changes made and it looks like we've got that sorted now. We hope. We hope, yeah. We, we hope, but I mean, you know, we're, what, roughly just over halfway into the season? You could technically say we're halfway through for some teams, but, you, you know, I, I think we're on course for where we want to be. Um, but like Graham said, just get into the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think for us, we absolutely need the benefit of a home field advantage if we were to, you know, go on to the postseason. We definitely need the home field advantage. Well, like last season where we had to wait until the final game against the Rams before we could actually, you know, breathe. And even then we were on the road for virtually every game. You know, well, we were on the road for every game. But securing this home field advantage, you know, we could well not be humming <laughs> deep into the playoffs, but still winning, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. But, yeah, definitely. I think it's fun being an Niners fan right now because there is literally so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Never a dull moment with our lot. Yeah, I mean the the good the good thing that we've got right now, and yeah, I know we're going to talk about the game on um, um, on Monday night in, in a bit, but div, you know divisional games, you know, are I mean like we're three and zero in the division right now. Where you know, so anything comes to ties, as long as we if we can maintain that, we can sweep everybody. That would be that will go a long way. Yeah. So as you know, and it's almost like an extra game. Yeah, you, you know the you know, in terms of your record, if you when you got the tie break and it's all in your favor, so that you cannot count. You know, take play any less credence to the um, the, the divisional games and also the interconference games, the other other NFC and other NFC teams. Because you know, it all counts as tiebreakers. But this is where we hold a distinct advantage over it our losing neighbours in the Northwest. We've got the better divisional record and a conference record as well, if I'm not mistaken, than Seattle do. Uh, and we have to play them one more time. They are better than we played them last time. They're not unbeatable. Uh, that's going to be the game, I think, for this division. You know, I think it will decide the destiny of the NFC West. Will be that particular game. Could be wrong, but. You know, I've got to give those dastardly Seahawks their dues. They're playing very, very well in a season where they should really be rebuilding, but they're not. They're competing. They are. They, I mean, they, they, they're definitely um, 
mean, I'll be guilty of it. I'm quite sure everybody else was. And you're thinking, oh, they're losing Wilson and and going with uh, Geno Smith. I mean, oh, well, well, let, let's just uh, r- r- rub our hands with glee and and, and yeah. just yeah, and sit back and, and and watch the capitulation. It's just not turned out that way. So you, you know, you you do have to. Um, it's one. It's one of the reasons why you love this sport. It, it, they're so unpredictable sometimes. <laughs> they are not on anyone's radar, really, are they? No yeah. one really so. buzzing about them. Um, as long as they keep hyping up the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the bigger the fall. Yeah, it's always next year, isn't it? For them boys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Looking at individual performances um, in the game at the weekend. Tano Hufanga, um, he had a great game. Another interception. Uh, he's got four interceptions on the season so far. I did see a stat earlier, I think it was today, um, that it's the most sacks, or it's the second most sacks since something like 2013 by a single player in the NFL, uh, by, by a single player in the 49ers, sorry, and he's got eight more games to go. Um, so, I mean, that guy is just a, a, a beast, isn't he, Hufanga? Yes, he's, uh, he's like a... How can I explain? He's like a linebacker version of... Uh, no, he's not a linebacker version of anything. He's Troy Polamalu in waiting. That's, he's, he's Troy Polamalu trained, isn't he? That's his mentor. Yeah. And they both went to USC, I believe. Um, so that's a, a university that's well-known for defensive backs and my vitriol all at the same time. So <laughs> you know, he is a special, special player. And, he uh, is. He's, and, you know, this is a good dilemma. He's going to need paying as well, eventually. But we'll worry about that when the time comes, I guess. But Yeah. Yes. That, that'll be a discussion for um, maybe the postseason, but we're going to have that discussion at some point. Yeah, most definitely. But he's a terrific football player. He's so much fun to watch. You know, he, he really is. And he, and he plays with a... You know when he when he plays he, he it's it's his vision of the game it's where he positions himself it's how he executes it's everything you know it's he's like a defensive coordinator's dream come true that guy he's so you know he's a student of the game he's learnt to play that position he, mm. there's nothing there's nothing in there that you know we'll we'll teach him we'll we'll build him up to play this no that that kid was ready to go out of the box yeah no he, he's definitely turned into. Um... Uh, a top, uh, a top safety in the league. Although, I th- although I think he's had a little bit of bye week rust at the, on the in the first drive. I think he, he he got a little bit undone for for their first touchdown. But um, you can't take away winning the game. What were you walking off with an interception? But yeah, can't beat that, can you? Yeah, but Actually, yeah. on the subject of him, though, he's another one of these that we didn't draft very very high in the draft you know i think he was a fifth round pick if i'm mistaken if i'm not mistaken we seem to be finding these players i think george kittle was a fifth round pick yeah he was yeah we seem to be finding real diamonds in the fifth round area or in that order and uh, it makes me wonder why we bother with first and second round picks. <laughs> well, well we don't do we we, 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 we feed them away we don't have any <laughs> The next few years, that's there's no doubt about that. You know, maybe there's, maybe there's some a method in that madness. We just skip day one, we'll go straight to day two with our picks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, but the, the talent is there. This is a seriously talent stacked team, and I think a lot of coaches in the NFL are very, very cognizant and aware of it as well. You know, this team's for real, and we, like Graham said. 
you know, the way it played out with Jimmy Garoppolo still in the team, it's been an enormous boost for this team because yeah. without him, we wouldn't be thinking of, we wouldn't have mentioned postseason once in this podcast if he wasn't there. And he is playing well. You know, this is not quite his best season, but definitely a, a, a massive improvement on anything we've seen from him in recent years. So who knows? It could be this year, guys. Uh, looking at Christian McCaffrey, um, in the air, he was 4 for 39 with a long, longest of 21. On the ground, 14 carries for 38 yards with a touchdown, of course. Um, still impressed with McCaffrey. Uh, and he is a, a pleasure to watch, isn't he? He can catch, he can run, he blocks, he does everything, that kid. And fumble, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but what what... I'm quite impressed with it. He just, uh, when he goes through the line, he just seems to have an extra gear, and the the, the acceleration that you see from him when he when he when he's when he's got the ball, um, I, I didn't I didn't really appreciate that, and when he prior, cause I haven't really seen that much from just when games against us, um, but you know, uh, yeah, a good definitely a definitely a real good addition, and I think the fact that we he had the. Uh, you know the, the the triple touchdown thing uh, um, against the Rams is identified that well we can use them in different ways so that you know that which makes other teams need to account for him doing different other things. Yeah. So yeah. you know it, it's um, not that you're going to do that all the time, but you know you know that you can catch, you know that you can run, you know you can you know you can you, you can throw as well. So it's it, it's definitely a, a really good weapon to have. Um, the only thing that I, more than just this has come to mind now is I thought by having McCaffrey in there would, would stop us using um, Debo um, as a running back. Um, but I still think, I mean, like, he, like Samuel still had like, what four runs um, yeah. um, on, on for 27 yards on um, on Sunday or it's on, on Sunday night. So, you know, he's still he's still getting utilized in that way. I, and for me, I would rather Samuel didn't. I would rather he was always out wide um, and get the ball to him somehow that way because he is a he is a weapon quick question for you guys and this is about C-Mac do you think he is the missing piece or he's a missing piece that we've found I I don't know if he's a missing piece because um, I mean like if you, I mean like if you look at how, how we had the start of the season I was actually quite happy with Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson jr. Because I thought that, that that I thought that was quite a good one-two punch. Now we've probably got a stronger one-two punch. Um, is is it a missing? I don't know. So I don't really know if it's a completely missing piece for me. I think at the time, for me, at the time that we got him, he was a missing piece. Now, not so much because we've got such a strong offense because we've got so many um, so many players on the offense that we we can spread that work out. I mean, receiving, there were seven targets, seven separate targets in Sunday's game. Um, McCaffrey was just one of them. So I think at the time that we brought him in and he played in the Chiefs game and then the, the, the subsequent games after that, he was, a mis- he, he was somebody that we brought in to do a specific job and he did that job for us. Now that we've got more players back, we've got other people that can do the job as well as him, which frees him up to do other work for us. Yeah. I mean, he's not a luxury player by any stretch. I think he is a component that was, you know, weighted and measured to see 
if he would actually help us win uh, as yeah. a component rather than, well, you know, he's a big name player, let's get him. We could have got OBJ, you know, um, that's a big name player. He's not coming here, by the way. No but, chance. Um, no. I see him go to the Rams now. Well, stay at the Rams, but, you know, I, I actually do think a, a missing piece, yeah, I think he was a missing piece because one of the things that Shanahan relies on is um, a versatile offense where different players can bring different things, different skills. Yeah, true, yeah. You know, and he can, he can catch. He's like juice, but faster. Mm. You know, he has the sure hands that Juice has. You know, he gets open like Juice does. And once he's in the open field, you're not going to stop him, basically. You know, it, it, Christian McCaffrey is a very, very unique, a very distinct, rare type of running back. You don't see too many of them in the NFL. Just quickly before we move on to the preview against the Cardinals game, Trent Williams, that man is a beast. <laughs> he was just punching holes through the... Um, through the Chargers defense at will, yeah. Re- ready for our running backs to run through. He is one of the stars of the 49ers right now. Yeah. So, you know how people like to buy jerseys, player jerseys, you know? If I was going to buy a player jersey of the current roster, it would be Trent Williams. And my only thing about him is just how, how much longer have we got him? Just how much longer can he keep going? He's a seasoned. Yeah veteran he's been playing the game for a very long time but he is without question for me the most fun 49er to watch <laughs> from the line of scrimmage I, I just watched the line of scrimmage him and the way he behaves his antics after the play as well you know the <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, for me he's still responsible for the for the best thing last year with after the Cowboys game and he's just laughing at the fans I like that's just <laughs> hilarious yeah. yeah, one of the best. Trent Williams, I mean, you know, you know, Paul, what can you say? I think he's been, he's one of the best players we've had in generations. That guy is amazing. I think if you ever boiled down to a greatest ever 49er team and he wasn't in it, you'd have to ask questions why he's not there. He, he really is that good. In my, yeah. you know, other, other people may just, I do think he is just a, an incredible, incredible asset. And he enjoys the game just as much as George Kittle does. I mean, seeing George Kittle laughing when he scored, just a full-on belly laugh when he's when he scored a touchdown. Brilliant memories. Trent Williams, just the same. But that picture of um, Trent Williams with it with was it with Kyler Murray, where he looked like a little yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyler Murray was the same size as Trent Williams' arm. It was just. Real, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you swear yeah. it had been photoshopped or something, but wow, that, that guy is immense. It was incredible. He's such a terrific... I'm so glad. And I, I think for me, I'm just going to enjoy him for as long as he's with us because he, I, I do believe he's one of those players that that is the difference that makes a difference. You know, I, I really do think he is one of those. Mm. Uh, let's quickly take a look at uh, the Cardinals game coming up then, which is going to be Monday Night Football. Uh, it's taking place at the Azteca Stadium in Mexico City as part of the International Series. The Niners lead the series all time 32-29, to but the Cardinals have won 11 of the last 14 games. The Cardinals have always been a tough, uh, a tough matchup for the 49ers, haven't they? Yeah, and I think more so since they've had Kyler Murray. We've always struggled to contain... 
a, a true mobile quarterback like him. And uh, he, he seemed to have had our number, but I don't think Arizona are as strong as they have been. I'm certainly not saying this game's going to be a gimme, but I think if the Niners lost this, a few eyebrows will be rising here and they're thinking, wow, didn't see that coming. Well, as I said earlier, it's just not one of these games that you just have to win. You know, it's a it's a team against a team that you should beat, yeah. but you but I think we've been saying like that for a number of years. And as you just pointed out, that you know the the recent record, um, it's not it's not the best. I mean, like at least Larry Fitz is no longer with them, um, you know, because he did have our number. Um, but uh, yeah, but the Cardinals do seem to. Be a bit of a bogey team, I think, um, but for, for us because we, yeah. But the, but there's no better place. I mean, this could be. I mean, like what what they're expecting, I, I believe, and this could be like um, Levi's um, South South uh, because like there's something about eighty percent are expected for him to be Forty ers fans out of the hundred thousand that are going to be. Yeah. So that's going to be rocking in that yeah. stadium. Absolutely rocking. And it's a massive. The Aztec is a massive stadium, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. a hundred thousand, eighty thousand forty nine of fans in that stadium. Yeah, another sea of red. Hopefully, um, stats wise, offensively the Forty Nineers and the Cardinals are pretty evenly matched. Really, um, it's on the defensive side that we uh, that we tip the table. Uh, defensively, the Forty Nineers are in the top eight in every category: points allowed per game, yards allowed per game, rushing yards allowed, and passing yards allowed. Comparatively, the, the Cardinals are in the bottom eight in the NFL in all of those categories, except for rushing yards allowed. So I think offensively, it could be a relatively, well, the stats say relatively easy, a relatively even game, not an easy game, sorry. Uh, but I think our defense is going to outshine um, the Cardinals in this game, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree. I think, you know, looking, when you look at stats like that, you know where to pick which. which which is the easiest gap to lift for what of a yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, our offense is better than their defense. Yeah. So, is it, has it, all things point to a 49ers win. The, just because it's the Cardinals, it's, it's prob- we're probably going to make hard work of it. Let's be honest, we make hard work of everything. Yeah. So uh, um, it will be, um, I mean, like, the last game, um, I mean that the, the they played against the Rams. It was the battle there of, of the two backups. Is is Murray back for this game? I don't know. Maybe, um, but I I would still call this a trap game. I think all the things are in place. But I mean, it, hopefully it won't be, and we'll win. But you know, it's one of those where the, there are no easy games. But a game like this, how many times have we thought, yeah, we'll easily beat these, and um, and something different happens? You know, I'm not going to tempt fate, but I do think we'll win. I think we'll prevail. But it, it's I don't not... think it's going to be an easy game. But yeah. I do think it's going to be a win for us. Yeah, well, yes, I, I, I'm I in that point too. Yeah, I think it's going to be a damn good game to watch. It won't go all our own, all our own way. No, uh, you know, many haven't, to be perfectly honest, apart from the Rams. But you know, I think we should have. Enough. Yes, well, the, Niners, I agree. the Niners are opening eight-point favourites for this game. Um, I can, I think that that's about right. I think eight points. I, I wouldn't wouldn't want to go too far over that, and I don't think it's going to be less than a touchdown. 
Just win, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just have to win. Um, one, uh, one stat to bring us down to where Kyle Shanahan is 48 and 48 as a 49ers head coach, including playoffs. He's never had a winning record. Six, well, it's six, about six, time that changed then, isn't it? What a, yeah, what a better is, way to do it. Yes, yeah, this is the time to do it indeed. Right, let's have a quick look at the pick six after week 10. Weekly winners this week, there were two. Louise Wetton and Josephine Martinez both had five points. The table after week 10, Steve Fox is top of the, top of the shop with 48 points. I'm going to give it a go. Bjorn Clyde Bjorn, if that is wrong, tell me, please. 47 points. James Little and Matt Walker are on 45 points. From the admins, Steve Fox top. James Little is in second place with Simon Holdsworth. Uh, Nathaniel James and Michael Wondai are on 39 points. Our own Graham Wright, Graham Ross, you're, on fourth, you're in fourth on 37 points. Deepak, 24 points. Mark's on 10. And yeah, I gave up like, ages ago on that one. Um, so uh, that is it for the show. <laughs> yes, yeah, I just gave. Do you, know, do you know what it is? I can never keep track of these things. I can, ne- I can never remember to get my, my, my picks in or whatever. Um, well, so I always fall foul of it. Yeah, well, Mark Mark will know that I'm probably one of the last ones in every week because <laughs> I'm exactly the same. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, I haven't done this yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're just too busy. Yeah. <laughs> just before right. we off, Paul, um, just mentioned the new um, the catch, the limited edition merchandise we've got. Hold your horses, Deepak. Hold your horses. I've got my script for the back end of the show. <laughs> that is it for the show. Thanks to everyone involved keeping the show on the air and keeping the Niner Empire GB running. You all know who you are. Uh, just for Deepak, if you aren't already aware, the Niner Empire GB has just released a new time-limited range of merchandise on our store. The design is called Celebrating the Cat 22 and was designed by our own James Little. A link is in the show description and you can find examples of the merchandise on our Facebook group and Niner Empire, G- uh, Niner Empire GB. And I believe it's on our Twitter as well. That's that's at Nine Empire GB on Twitter. It's time to say goodbye, guys. Bye, Bye. guys. Um, on behalf of Deepak Gohill and Graham Ross, I've been Paul MacDonald. You for the audience, and this has been the Forty Nine. Yeah, the Forty Nine. The free. I started again. On behalf of read the script, can you? On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Toby Kornheiser and whoever else is on the show uh, and Graham Ross, I've been Paul McDonald, you've been the audience and this has been the Frequency 49 show. Bye for now. I did it!